0: You're listening to the Dallas Business Podcast, a show about Dallas's leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs, and the work that fuels their lives. My name is Erlina Green Hamilton, known on the web as a writer, speaker, and author of two small books, one on bravery and the other on my journey to landing my dream job in the sports industry. Each week, I virtually sit down with these all-stars with the goal to help you decode the Dallas business landscape, build connections, and stay in the know on who's doing what next. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 25 of the Dallas Business Podcast. Today, my guest is Cluis Boyd. Cluis is the Vice President and Chief Information Security Officer of Baxter Cluis Consulting. Clewis and I discuss cybersecurity in a changing world, the certifications that pay, and how to add value to any organization. If you've listened to more than two episodes of the show, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify so more people find this information. Clewis Boyd, welcome to the show.
1: A very interesting journey into IT and cybersecurity, I started working at... um A copier company here in the Dallas area, after I I failed out of college, I had a kid early. So I was like, I got to get to work. Got to get to work. Uh, So that that company in Dallas decided to move operations to California without us. There was like 70 of us at the office. They laid us all off. And at, at that point in time, I was like, you know what? Accounting, accounts receivables, not really my thing. I was interested in technology. But I never had any type of formal education. So um, for, I don't know, maybe two or three months while I was laid off, I spent the time on YouTube, reading books, tinkering with old computers I could find in my parents' house and taught myself enough to learn my first, uh, not not to learn, to gain my first IT job. And so that was about a decade ago.
0: And And how did you go from accounts receivable to, I mean, what interests you about cybersecurity? How did that come across your radar? Like, how did you uh, connect the dots there to find that this would probably be something that you would be successful in long-term?
1: So it's funny that you mentioned that long-term. I was actually getting ready to say I was playing the long game. So the, the person that introduced me to the whole technology space is no longer here. God rest his soul, Steve Jobs. If it was not for the iPhone, the iPad, I would have never got into technology. When that came out in 2007, it just blew my mind. We went from these flip phones, candy bars, to all this technology in the palm of our hand. I was like, that's the wave. That is going to be the wave. It's crazy. People... People talked weird about me because I was like, "Hey, I'm going to do this whole technology thing, and it's going to happen." Like, but dude, you don't know anything. Sure enough, I didn't. Well, I was like, "I'm going to figure it out." Sure. Yeah. So that was the thing that um, I, I I saw the technology, and it took me I don't know three or four years in IT to stumble into the cybersecurity portion. I just wanted to, I just knew I wanted to work with technology.
0: Yeah, and and I can uh, uh, your story. I can already commend you there for for I me. Mean, how many people told you know the the the, the Jobses or the Zuckerbergs that they you know couldn't maybe couldn't do this in the space or couldn't do that? And it's funny um, because you've got a lot of abbreviations behind your name. And what I love about <laughs> it, what that means is is that you went to work. Uh, on your own education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you'll always have a job. You always have a future um, when you go to work on your own education. Uh, go go back to what it is that you saw when you saw what Jobs was doing. What, what did you see about the future? What did it look like to you? What What does that mean when you say that?
1: So what I saw was um, we were making that transition. I think it was like dial up and all that stuff. We were making that transition into 3G speeds on, on the cellular network. So my first technology exposure was actually cell phones. So I was working at AT&T in wireless sales. And so we're getting to see all this technology before it hits the market. At that time, they it was video calling. There was no FaceTime or anything. I was like, we went from house phones to candy bars to flip phones to I can video call somebody. And this was in 2007. I was blown away. And one thing that I learned is when I have, and this is me personally, when I have an interest in something, I could lose hours. So I was like, if I could work like this, it means I wouldn't yeah. be bored. And chances are, I'd probably get a decent paycheck too. Um yeah. I'm I'm a type of guy that's motivated behind passion not necessarily a paycheck. So I figured I could find something that would work for me that I could stick because when when I was younger, like yeah, asked my sister, if, if a manager looked at me wrong, I was quitting. <laughs> 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 I quit so many jobs.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know that that's that's uh that's uh, great that you talked about passion um uh, because I think, you know, I, mean, I look, the, we we are going to have another transition like that. I think um, when we look at blockchain and Web three applications, I think we're going to move. We're going to move at that type of warp speed. Looking at network effects again, we're going to move that quickly into something else. And so I'm I'm ravenish for the material uh, to that is our, that is connecting to the dots between humanity and our advancement. You've got several certifications. What does it all mean?
1: Yeah. So um, that that's an interesting journey in itself. I think at, at one time I had like 17 or 18 certifications, but I I think it's only like four that I just carry and I maintain. The other ones are like, yeah. So it is the CISSP, which is Certified Information Security Professional. There's yeah. the CISA, which is Certified Information Security Auditor. There's the CCSK, which is Certified um, Clouds. It's, certificate of cloud security knowledge sure. and then there is what what i call the the money maker which is the the PCI QSA which is payment card industry qualified security assessor yeah. that's what um completely changed my life
0: the money maker, okay, Those money maker. Taking notes, you better write down that one. <laughs> now, I heard a technologist say this last night. I'm actually in this uh, um, blockchain developer boot camp, and so I'm going through all this material. And I heard a technologist say, uh, "You can probably know, You probably probably correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 2010 or 2015? How that we we had the computer. The computers were simply read only. It wasn't doing much. And then we jumped into. It was secure enough and encryption that you can actually input your credit card information online. Do you, do you know what year that was? I Yeah, say that was,
1: that was 10, 10.
0: Okay. So that was yep. 2010 that, that the internet was safe enough that you can input your credit card information on through encryption and not have your banking account information stolen. Am I correct?
1: That is correct. If it's implemented properly. (laughs) If it's implemented
0: properly. Now, we are doing a lot of moving around online these days, especially because of the pandemic, because of COVID. All of us are in our homes and we're having, for those of us who weren't familiar with technology, we're having to further familiarize ourselves with it. Uh, What is something that we should know about moving around online now? What is safety. What does it mean to be safe safe online? Um, And I know it goes further than just having a complicated password. What does safety online mean today?
1: So safety online means, number one, using discretion. If there's an opportunity or an offer that seems too good to be true, a price that seems too good to be true, chances are it probably is. You want to scrutinize the emails that you get from people asking for personal information. Uh, th- they have this whole thing called phishing, which is P-H-I-S-I-N-G, where um, cyber criminals they'll craft an email that looks very, very legitimate, and they'll send it out to people asking for passwords. Or Let's say your password's been compromised for your Chase Bank account. Click this button to reset your password. What you're really doing is giving them your password Send it right over there. So um, it's being careful, using reputable sites to purchase things, making sure that they're actually secured with SSL. It's dangerous out there. It's, it is It's dangerous.
0: I, I got to know more. What have you seen? What have you ca- come across? Is there any stories that you can share as far as the danger that lurks uh, behind a window that we have open on our computer? Well, can you share any stories there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, working in the the credit card data security space, I've worked with clients that have had misconfigured web servers that were taking credit card payments and indexing them into the Internet. What I mean is Google. And when I say index, anytime you go and you like put in a keyword search, all that is doing is bringing back indexed information. Imagine credit card numbers, names, addresses being indexed on the Internet. That's happened.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's happened. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so what is the best way uh, again, besides complicated passwords, how else can we protect ourselves online? I mean, Emails. I mean, I hope people are not still falling for uh, the king in Africa emails. I mean, or, or <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. People are still falling for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If you wire me five hundred dollars, first of all, they're going to take your money and then they're going to drain your bank account. So it's just like a double whammy.
0: You know, I heard again, I heard that I heard technologists talk about trust and our concept of trust online. And I guess because off of our computers We've got this layer of trust that we've built up over century with individuals, seeing individuals face to face. But when I say the word trust to you online, what, what does that mean? Does that admit any ideas or concepts? When I say trust online, what does that mean for you? What does that mean to you as a, being a cyber security expert?
1: <laughs> trust to me is really coming down to um, reputable sources. Right. Um, is this person... Trustworthy? Do they have an established track record of doing business? Is it just a pop-up? They, I'm, I'm telling you, companies—they will take in-demand items. And when I say companies, I mean malicious individuals take high-demand items, mark them down at low prices, just to try to steal information from people. You'll never get the product, and um, you know they—they they prey on people's um, desire. Like some of these phishing emails and these websites. They're telling a story and story sale, right? You get somebody excited about the opportunity to win some money. You get somebody excited about an opportunity to get a PS4 for 50 bucks. Of course, they're going to put their card in there.
0: And so they're preying on that. It goes back to storytelling. It goes back to narrative. And so when we look at trust, people are building these 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 trust narratives online that are, are that are catching people. Um, I'm, I'm always interested when we look forward just a little bit um, and why my interest is so in the future a little bit. And when we're looking at this new technology, what does it mean? when we move into a trustless system where. Things are operating on things like smart contracts. And if you agree to something, I agree to something. The code itself unlocks whatever we've agreed to. And there is there is no trust has to be necessarily established between uh, the two parties. What are your thoughts on that?
1: That is exciting and terrifying all at the same time, because I've been in the cybersecurity space for so long. When somebody gives me a good solution, I'm immediately thinking, like, how can I break this? Like, nice. how can nice. I hack? How can I hack this thing? Yeah, and, and so you know, with with blockchain, you know, you have um, digital certificates, you have non repudiation, you got all these things. If somebody modifies just a letter on something, it completely changes right. the the thumbprint on it, and everything. But it's just like it's so new. And it needs to be proved out.
0: Let's jump into your consult. Where are you taking this next phase of your career as far as you, as you get into doing, I'm sure, more speaking engagements and more of the mentorship? Where are you taking
1: Yeah, so there's a couple things that I'm challenging. Number one, I am challenging IT professionals and people in general to not just accept the status quo, but mm-hmm. right? you don't have to go out and get a four-year degree in order to provide a good, comfortable living for your family. And at the same time, you don't have to be a genius to understand this technology stuff. All you have to do is just find a system or a resource that works to your learning style and stick to it. Num- number two, to um, for people that are already in the IT profession, I talk. I've talked to thousands of guys. And they're under the impression that having certifications entitles them to a certain level of income. What they need to understand is your income is determined by the value that you bring to the organization. It's not by your certifications. Your certifications don't add no more commas to the revenue of that company. That's true. Yeah. Zero. So yeah, that's my thing. And and really hope. Um, I have a, a really big passion about getting more people that look like me into the whole IT space because I've been all around the world consulting, speaking at uh, events in various countries, and my people are underrepresented.
0: What else are you hearing from um, you know young people that are coming to you? And then what is what is the demographic? Is it just people out of college, or is it people who have established careers? Are they trying to pivot? I mean, what are you seeing?
1: Yeah, so what I'm hearing from most people is um, I want to get into cybersecurity. I have no idea. IT is just—it's vast because there's development, there's support, there's so many layers, and then there's like 85 certifications. But uh, most people have been conditioned that if I get a certification, I get a job. Like, no, it don't work like that. I work with entirely too many certified people that can't do the work. I call them paper dragons. They look great, great on paper, beautiful resumes. Put them in front of a computer, can't do nothing, (laughs) can't do nothing. But um, as as far as the The demographics, it is all over the place. Typically, the average age for a person that joins a program and my academy is like 25. But you have Mm -hmm. some people that have been in IT for 25 years, and they just have not, they've plateaued, haven't hit their financial goals, Mm -hmm. haven't hit that um, established growth that they wanted in their career. And they're like, something is missing. And when I end up talking to these people, they're telling me about all the support work that they're doing and everything. And I was like, it's good that you're doing that. But you got to ask yourself, if you didn't do that task, if you didn't fix that desktop, if you didn't answer that phone, what would it do to the company's revenue? Mm. If what you do does not impact the company's revenue significantly, you will get a low paycheck. And
0: So top three skills for uh, the next generation, even the current individual looking to break into your space uh, to to meet their financial goals.
1: So I I am, uh, for you guys listening, I'm about to blow your mind. If I could say the number one skill to have as an aspiring cybersecurity professional is understanding cybersecurity auditing. Because when, when you think about value in organizations, companies don't go through the audits for the fun of them. They go through audits because they have to. And if they fail an audit because they weren't compliant or they missed things, there's usually financial implications because of that. So if you understand the frameworks, you can help them become compliant. You're helping them offset the risk of losing huge amounts of money, which means you'll earn a very nice. So that's that. Number two, governance. So you got auditing, then you got governance, which is making sure that the people that are actually doing their jobs are doing it properly. It doesn't require you to have all the technical insight. It just uh, requires you to have business insight and be able to talk to people to validate that they did their job. Mm-hmm. Most IT guys think they need to start the help desk and work their way up. And so I asked them this: So you're going to go patch those systems? You're going to go do this? Why is the guy getting telling you to do that? Why does he make twice as much money as you and he don't know how to do it? <laughs> They're like, wait a second, you're right. Cause he understands the business side of things, right? So he's gonna sit home and he's gonna come in the morning and make sure that your patches that you did at four o'clock in the morning went off perfectly. And if you didn't, he'll have you do it again. Is that right. the life you want? He mm-hmm. was <laughs> like, No, not really. <laughs> and um, the the third thing that I think is important for IT professionals to have aspiring cybersecurity professionals. So assess cybersecurity auditing, cybersecurity governance and then what would i say the third thing is what would i say third thing would be find a specialty in those two mm-hmm. so um it, it comes down to like the difference between a general contractor or an electrician or you think of uh, a general practitioner or a surgeons gonna make bank because they specialize so if you can find an audit framework or something where you can provide governance on maybe it's pci dss which is the credit card data security standard Maybe it's SOX, which is for publicly traded companies. Maybe it's HIPAA for health uh, healthcare companies. But if you can specialize in one of those things, you will set yourself up for life because you won't yeah. be a generalist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very good. Nice. Very nice. Um, some people who are transitioning out, they are they have a job today. Their job uh, you know, is either going to be phased out again with all these pandemic changes um, there are a lot of people that are being phased out of work. There are a lot of companies that are automating um, their processes in order to save money. Um, when we look at, I think most people cannot um, fathom what you're talking about and all the learning that needs to take place because they don't <laughs> understand what it is that someone like yourself does every day. And so can you give us the, a day in the life of Mr. Boyd? What are you doing when you get up in the morning? What, what does your day look like?
1: Sure, sure. So you want me to start with my, my Pilates thing or you want me to go straight yes, to the business? Start there. <laughs> uh, so my wife and I, we do this extreme Pilates thing called Legree. Oh, oh my weird. gosh, it's next oh, level. Yeah. Oh my goodness, next level. I love it. So we, we do that in the morning. Then I have uh, a morning team meeting with my employees. I have about uh, nine employees on staff right now. Yeah. So we cool. go to a meeting, we talk about strategy, what we're going to do, meet with my assistant, figure out what the game plan. Then generally I jump into consultant role. So what most people don't realize is I'm actually running two companies. So Mm -hmm. one, there's a cybersecurity consulting firm where I'm helping companies design the systems and the processes to make sure that they're compliant with the credit card data security standard. The other part is I'm teaching the it professionals how to learn and master the cybersecurity standard so they can go get jobs. Some at my clients. Yeah. So, um, I'm having meetings with clients, reviewing diagrams, designing system architecture, giving guidance. So if, if you guys are listening to this, I do all of this with my MacBook and I'm using Notepad++ and OneNote. I'm not doing a whole bunch of technical stuff. So when people, are, they join my program, hey, what tools am I going to use? Uh, OneNote and uh, Notepad++. Are you serious? We're not doing scripting. We're not writing code. We're not programming. I don't know those things. I don't have time for that. Okay.
0: So you're running this consulting business and also you are running your, your academy, your training program. And so morning we've got yoga, we've got Pilates and then, and then how does the rest of the day fill out for you?
1: Uh, So one of the things that I like to do is cook dinner. Okay. So shout out, shout out sponsorship time for you. Shout out to HelloFresh. We get a HelloFresh box delivered. My daughter, she's eight years old. She likes to cook with me. My wife, she doesn't like to cook. So I handle the cooking. But really what day looks like is a couple meetings with clients, uh, giving them guidance feedback over what they should do to become compliant or um, future planning if they're going to implement a new application, or develop something, answering questions from students I have structured days, like on Mondays, a couple times a month, second and fourth Mondays where I do resume reviews. And right. I have a live session on Thursday evening with all my students in a, a Zoom session where mm-hmm. we can go over a Q&A strategy, interview prep, questions about the security standard. So I, I would like to feel that my days are filled with adding value, but just not code. Good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Um, and then you are doing this. Are you in person doing any of this? Or are you all strictly online?
1: Uh, so the academy is strictly online. Mm-hmm. Um, the consulting, lots of it. I won't say lots of it, majority of it is done online. But um, now, guys, listen to this. Very, very important. If you want to choose a path to go, PCI DSS, Credit Card Data Security Framework, 12 requirements. Requirement nine is physical security controls. How do I verify something is physically secure? I got to go there. Yeah. This is why my passport book looks really, really nice because companies have to fly me to go verify that their physical security controls are in place. You got a video camera there. You got a fence there. Simple stuff, right? But um, if I'm doing a security assessment, I'm advising, I'll go meet with clients wherever they are. But most of the stuff is just done from my office. There's like less than 10,000 professionals that are even certified in this in the entire world. So this yeah. is completely, completely blue ocean. Expertise in this, would well, uh, it it'll set you up for life. That's that's why our program we teach people how to manage, not manage, how to master this framework. No matter ninety days, and people go from these low salaries that they're dealing with to double and tripling. We do something that's very, very special for those individuals, and we really do this for everybody. But it's specifically for people that don't have the IT background because they're concerned, it's like okay, I'll learn the skills. I feel confident in it, but who's going to hire me because I don't have experience. Right. And so this is where they intern with my company. So you get is. to get the hands on experience. You there get to put is. that down on, on your resume that you're a security consultant because you're going to work on active security. stuff.
0: Uh, what's the future? What's the future for you in your course? How many students do you want to serve over the next, let's say, five years? I mean, what what are your goals for your academy?
1: Uh, uh it's hard because we've like on an explosive growth level. My vision was to serve a thousand students a year, but my my en- enrollment team is really good, so they'll obliterate.
0: You've added a lot of value in this conversation. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are probably going to find your course after this, um, after they listen to this. Tell us again what is you? You named off a few certifications that you have, and you said one was your money maker. Say that yep. one again. What was your money maker again?
1: That is the PCI QSA, which is Payment Card Industry Qualified Security Assessor.
0: Okay, very good. You guys heard it here first. That's so good to hear. Um, now, tell us anything that you're. Are you reading anything? Uh, are you uh, watching anything that maybe uh, could add some value?
1: I'm a I'm a licensed minister, so I preach. Yeah. So downtime, I'm studying. I'm studying when I'm driving, I'm listening to audio books on, on leadership or sermons. So I don't spend a lot of time listening to, to music and all that good stuff. I got a, I don't, I'm not a, a bookworm because I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like sitting there reading books. I'll fall asleep, but fortunately that's the study guy that gives me activities to do. I got yeah. real bad ADD. I got to be fidgeting doing something, but audio books are my jam. Yeah. I love them. I love them.
0: Advice for the next generation. What has served you? And it doesn't have to be technical. uh, What has served you greatest? What advice would you leave for the next?
1: I would actually tell them to define what success looks like to them internally. So the world doesn't tell them what it is. Mm. Mm. That's that's my biggest thing. Because I chased so many rabbits trying to achieve what the world thought was success. And I wasn't fulfilled. And some of it almost got me in trouble.
0: And, I, and, I, and now i have to pull back this layer uh what is how have you defined success for yourself
1: I define success for myself as um, being able to provide a comfortable life for my family hmm. that's what success to me is
0: very nice very nice well uh boyd uh, let us know where can we find your courses online where can we find you online are you on all the social medias or, or where where do you live online?
1: So I live online, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, AdBoard, Clues everywhere. Can you find my course online? No, you cannot. It is by application only. And one of the, I guess one of the other things you can add to my tag is I'm a marketing wizard. So nice. if you have never seen anything about my courses, because I'm not targeting you.
0: Inquiries only.
1: You got to... Fill out an application, book an appointment with my enrollment team. They'll see if you're actually uh, a good fit for the program. The program is a good fit for you because I don't believe in taking money from people that we can't help. And at the same time, uh, time is one thing you never get back. It's a precious gift. So you got to be careful who you give your time to. So therefore, we scrutinize everybody that we let into the program. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I roll up my sleeve and I'm working with every.
0: I want to thank you for everything. How you are are reaching back to serve. I think most of us will say that we've chased a lot of rabbits and to come full circle back to, to mission and purpose. I think that's that's. Um, I think you go, A lot of people can learn a lot from that. And so thank you for teaching. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the Dallas Business Podcast today as well.
1: Thank you for having me. I have fun.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of the Dallas Business Podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. Don't forget to follow us on social. You may find our links at dallasbusinesspod.com. That is dallasbusinesspod.com. Thank you so much for listening.